All right, hello guys. Welcome to another edition of Lumia Sports. I'm your host, Demetrius Mason. Joining again by Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? And joined again by Tom. Triple D's. What it do? Look at this. For the first time all week, we have our full starting lineup. I'm excited and ready to go, man. And last night, we had six games, some very interesting ones. So let's get it going. Woo. First off, the Knicks beat the Kings 141-21. I think this has to be a season high for the Knicks, scoring 140 points. They normally don't do that. Um, no Alfred Payton, no problem. As D. Rose went in the starting lineup, 18 points, six assists. Um, Julius Randle, 21-14. And off the bench, Alec Burks went crazy with 24, quickly with 25. Um, and for the Kings, they tried. I mean, Halliburton, 17 points, 6-13 shooting. Um, De'Aaron Fox, 29 points, 11 assists, but it just wasn't enough to really match up with the offense that the Kings, that the, sorry, the Knicks had today. Um, Darnell, what'd you see out of this one? Yeah, this one came down to defense. Like, for the Kings to give up 140 points, normally they're a team that scores a lot of points, so you expect them to kind of give up some, but to just allow a bench to score – 20 have a 24 point score coming off the bench and a 25 point score. That's just something you don't see often. And to get the normal production, they get out of the starters. You know, Julius Randle was a little bit under his averages, but he still scored 21 on nine of 18 shooting. You know, Derrick Rose is inserted in the start lineup. I doubt it if that'll be a long term thing, but he played well in his minutes, scoring 18, probably one of his best games of the season. But for the Kings, they just got to get more stops and they got to get more production out of Rashawn Holmes. He only had nine points. He was a minus eight. Buddy Hill was a minus 22 with nine points. They got to figure out how to get him going from the three-point line. And Tyrese Halliburton, he's been somebody that's been great all season, probably second in the rookie rankings right now. But he's played 33 minutes, gave him 17, did all he could, but it just wasn't enough to match New York's pitch tonight. Mm-hmm. Dom, what did you say? I mean, you know, with Derrick Rose in the starting lineup, you know, it just it, – it allowed him to be able to create his own shot whenever he wanted to, and then it allowed Quickly and Burks to be able to create their own shots whenever they wanted to, too. The seems filled with a bunch of, like, ISO scores. So it's not – obviously, it's not like the Nets, but, like, the way they play, they all play really ISO-y the same way like they do. So, you know, when you take Alfred Payton out, who doesn't quite play that way, and he's cool on defense, but he ain't, he ain't a lockdown. But, you know, now it, it's just like Alfred Payton at the lineup. It's just, you know, makes their offense a little more. Everybody's just has their own turn to, you know, do what they do. I think it's very simple, man. Just send Alfred right to Orlando, call it a day. Because, I mean, this team seems just way more explosive um, with Burks and quickly being able to kind of do whatever they wanted because Rose could then start. And then what it does is it takes a lot of the load off of RJ having to really shoot the ball. He only shot the ball eight times. But it felt, it felt like he was more comfortable in that role. He was really efficient at 5 of 8. We've seen him go out there and have to go four for 14 a lot of times because there's just nowhere to go. Well, for Peyton can't really do anything, then, like, there's no really a move. But there's yeah. no he can drive, he can pass. So, 
it just made everything easier for everyone else. Um, and I was I was wondering if like not having him or Mitchell Robinson would help or hurt them. I think I, I mean we've seen Nerlens also step up this year, and Taj Gibson's looked really good as well. So they have a lot of pieces, but I really think that Alfred Payton not being there kind of helped this offense. They 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 normally teeter out at about one fifteen at best, not one forty. I know the Kings' defense isn't great, but they're not this bad. That's a lot of one forty with a team that just doesn't score. So. I feel like that was really my takeaway on this one. That and, I mean, you know, three people we talked about for the Kings. We've talked about them all year. Marvin Bagley, Buddy Heald, Corey Joseph just sinking the team. Minus 20 for Bagley, minus 22 for Heald, minus 14 for Corey Joe is what it is. You know, same old, same old. I mean, those are the three guys. They need more production out of them. They're just not going to get it. They're not going to get it from Bagley or Corey Joe. They at least need Buddy to hit some threes. If you're going to be out there, just not guarding anybody. So. Anyway, moving on to another blowout. The Nets beat the Magic 129-92. Magic really had us fooled in the beginning of the first quarter. They were up by like at least five or ten. Um, but they end up just getting blown off the floor in the second quarter, losing that one 41-19. As the Nets just go on one of those runs, ended the game. Vucevic tried 28 points, 12 rebounds, but there's not much he could do if they can't play defense. And they can't score. Terrence Ross, one for nine, five points minus 30. Um, as we pointed out, no Cole Anthony. Not that he would do much. Probably take it from 27 to maybe like 19. But with no point guards, man, it's just not, not much they could do out there. Fournier, three for nine. Um, and for the Nets, I mean, what else is new? Kyrie Irving, 27 points, nine assists. He actually had more assists than James Harden today. Um, on 11 of 18 shooting, Harden, seven for 16. 20 points, seven assists, nine rebounds. Um, Bruce Brown has really kind of stepped up as one of those scorers. He's got 14. He's been really consistent of late. And, you know, Joe Harris, four of six from three. He had 14. And Shamit, man, 19 points, five and nine from deep, plus 30. Jeez, he would do that against the Magic. Anyway, Dom, what would you see out of this one? Hey, man, Bruce Brown came alive ever since he saw Paul George out there, man. Oh Ever since he saw Paul George face to face and called him a pussy, that nigga didn't. That nigga didn't dropped a career high, and ain't, and ain't been under double digits since, man. <laughs> so, hey. but I mean, all this comes down to, I mean, you know, Shamit had an amazing game. He was a plus thirty. Timote was a plus twenty three, even though he went one for seven. So I guess he was just guarding the the people out there that he didn't really have to guard. But um, I mean, all it comes down to is. Brooklyn's better than Orlando. Orlando's not healthy. Orlando didn't have a chance. And, you know, Vooch was going to go out there and do what he'd do. But it's just it was just too much offense. And Orlando was never going to be able to uh, replicate the offense that Brooklyn was going to be able to. So, nope. Arnold, what'd you say to this one? Yeah, I just saw a complete mismatch. You know, Vucevic did all he could, especially in the beginning of the game. He had 10 in the first quarter, 12 in the second quarter. Tried to keep him alive in the first half, but they just got blitzed in the second quarter. James Harden scored, I believe, 13 points in the quarter, three assists, two three-pointers from Joe Harris. He had eight in the quarter. So they just had a lot of scoring just overall, just doing what they normally do. And Orlando is a team that's they're hampered with, you know, having guards that are out 
and Brooklyn, they've proved that even without Kevin Durant, they're one of the most dangerous offensive teams that we've ever seen in this league. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to go that far, but they're at least this season. And just, it just proves that once that Kevin Durant gets back, they're going to be probably the title favorite at this point because they've been playing so well, even though you have Utah on the other side that's playing well. And obviously the Lakers are the defending champions, but this is just proof to me that whatever Brooklyn, whatever struggles that Brooklyn had at the beginning of the season on the defensive end, they're starting to figure it out. And their team is so explosive that it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. if they can't get stops and hold teams to under a hundred points, but they obviously did last night, but that's just not a recipe they're going to continue to have. But Brooklyn is one of the most dangerous teams and they proved it again last night. I think it's really impressive. It truly is that Brooklyn just is just they, they, they've come off of you know they had a winning streak, but they come off of like some primetime games. They got another one coming up with the Mavs, but they did not mess around at all, at all with these guys. Maybe in the first quarter, but then they're like, you know what? Let's just start guarding. Let's just start caring, and let's just tune up. And then they end up winning by like thirty. I, you know, thirty-seven actually. I just. They they look like you guys were saying like one of the best teams in the league, if not the best. Right? They look like the best right now. I, I'm I'm going as far to say as I think they're winning the championship. But I wonder what you guys think about that. They might be peaking too soon, but I want to I want to know what you guys do. You guys think where do you guys think they're going to end up now? Just like at this point, Dom, you can go. I. Yeah, Dom, you can go. Oh, um, I mean, I think they'll wind up in the and the they'll at least wind up in the conference finals. I I want to see them play Philly first. I really do. I know Philly be on and off. I know Philly has their ups and their downs and stuff like that. But there's nothing they're going to be able to do with Embiid the same way that there's nothing they're going to be able to do with Durant. And if Ben Simmons can even take away one of Kyrie or James Harden, which we'll talk about later. But if he can, like, kind of just neutralize James Harden, I guess, because I think that's who he'd be guarding, then, you know, Philly really does have a shot to beat them. And, again, Philly has their ups and downs, and they may have their normal playoff collapse this year, but they really are a big threat against them. And the Lakers look terrible right now, but, again – AD is their is their main defense. So, you know, if if Brooklyn were to go to the finals beating the 76ers or whoever, then I still think that, you know, it's gonna be a struggle for them to beat the Lakers too. They may do it. They 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 have the potential to win the title, obviously. But do I think they will? I think it's still too early to say, just due to other teams having injuries and you know. Everything's clicking right now, but we don't know how everything's going to be in the long run. But right now, they look like they're the best team in the league, yeah. I don't know. I think that I think that their team that ceiling is obviously winning the championship. But I think their floor is probably the conference finals against a team like Philly that – would need an explosion from Joel and B that we haven't even, I don't even think we've seen the level 
that he's going to have to play to knock off a team like Brooklyn to beat them four out of seven. So I think it'll be tough. So right now I would have the Nets as a favorite to go to the finals in the way that the Lakers have looked. And Utah still, to me, a little unproven in the playoffs. So I would lean towards the net as the Nets as a favorite to win a championship right now. So unless Philly makes a move, I've been hearing some whispers about maybe the Raptors might send Kyle Lowry on a, you know, good goodbye gift and send him to a contender like Philly. So we'll have to yeah. see how that plays out. But as we're currently constructed, I'll have to lean with the Nets. I think the reason I'm leaning to the Nets is because even I know there's health issues with the teams, but I just feel like this team is that you need a third consistent score. You don't need three all-stars, but you need someone else who can consistently score. And I don't, what we, what I've seen from Schroeder's, I don't know if he's that KCP can be that in big games, but will Schroeder pass him the ball enough? Like that's, that's my only thing because he's not there. It's, there's not enough – they need – I need to see him back. And they actually have more things to figure out, I think, than the Nets do because they need to – Schroeder, A, should be on the bench like Rondo was, but he won't. So that's fine. But he needs to then work and figure out how he's going to be consistent because he's not consistent right now. That's been the whole issue. And as for the Sixers, they it, – it is – it's really – I think – I think it's more on Tobias, honestly. I think Embiid's going to give you all he can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Sim is going to score. And I, I guess this is more like not trusting in Tobias. Tobias has to go and do what he's been doing all season, which is like 20, 25 a game. He has to. Like, or they they don't have a chance because the Nets can all score from everywhere. Now, there is one obviously big X factor. We will get into that. But it just looks like, or, or you know, I, I don't even think like Le- LeBron and Embiid can by themselves go to a low where they can just beat these guys. I just don't. Because, again, they're putting up 130 on teams that do. The Magic try hard. Like, they don't really give up 130. But they're putting up 130 without their whatever you want to – their whatever. I don't know if he's their best player. He'd even be their – So, top three. One of their top three. One of their top three. <laughs> without, one, without, their, without one of their MVPs, how about that? Um, yeah. and and hands down the top five player in the league. Yeah, and a Finals MVP, and they're just just cruising because now it, it's so easy. Everyone just everyone now. We were worried early. Bruce Brown has really stepped up. He can because he can be kind of. I don't know how it's going to work on better teams, right? Like I don't know. I don't know if he's going to work against the Sixers, but if he can just be on the court, he can kind of just be like the inside presence. It's weird because he get all his points come down low, but he's just so strong and athletic. He can do it. And Joe Harris is going to shoot the ball and that's just what he does, but he can do other things, but he's really a shooter and he's not missing right now. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested. Um, so yeah, we, we will see this team right now though. They are clicking like, like no one else in the league, obviously. Um, Moving on to a team that's doing the exact opposite. The Grizzlies beat the Clippers 122 to 94. They had everybody there, so they didn't have any injury excuses. Maybe the only excuse they had was that Lou Williams actually did play, making them a little bit worse. I don't know. Um, No one was good. Uh, Leonard, 6 for 14, 17 points, 7 assists. Paul George, 3 for 12, 13. 
Pat Bev, two for seven, minus 18, tied for the worst on the team with Marcus Morris, who had nine or four ten shooting. Um, they shot 40%, had 14 turnovers. For the Grizzlies, they only had six turnovers, and it was like everyone, it's like almost everyone won their individual matchups. Seven for 14 for Valanciunas, 16 points, 15 rebounds. Josh, 16 points, seven assists, seven of 14. Dylan Brooks came back, and I forgot that he's the key to the whole freaking team. Six for 13, 19 <laughs> points. And Tyus Jones with 20 off the bench. Uh, Darnell, what'd you see here? Yeah, for this one, it came down to Memphis having the key to their team and Dylan Brooks being back. Played 28 minutes, got them 19 points with a plus 14. They just needed another guy out there that can alleviate some of the scoring from the rest of the guys and kind of so they could balance it out a little bit. I think Ja was doing a little too – was having to do a little too much. Mm-hmm. He was having to score high 20s, and so far this year he's been scoring high teams, and they've been winning games that way. So I think Dylan Brooks obviously unlocked them a little bit, and obviously the, the good scoring they had out of Tyus Jones in his 15 minutes off the bench scoring 20. And everybody was a plus high team, 20, like close to 20. Like it was just amazing to see. But this game was all about the Clippers and their struggle. 17 for Kawhi, 13 for Paul George. You got a decent game finally out of Surge. He had 13 and seven, but no one really produced anything off the bench. They they just didn't look like a team that was ready to play in. Obviously, if they're going to come out flat like that, they're going to lose against bad teams or average teams or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Dom, what'd you say? I have no comment on this one. <laughs> be real with you. I, <laughs> I, I don't know what I saw. <laughs> but <laughs> believe me, they'll be mentioned later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they will be mentioned later. <laughs> I just here's 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 my only my takeaway, I guess. But we've kind of reached this conclusion. If you guys have listened, we've been on this for a while. I think we've talked about this early in the season at nauseum. But yeah, the Clippers defense is just fake. This is not real. It doesn't exist. They don't guard anybody. Them and one other team we would talk about today are supposed to play defense and they don't. They don't at all. And the Grizzlies were like, oh, and it, the Grizzlies obviously had Dylan Brooks back. We're like, oh, sh- these guys don't play any defense. <laughs> and the starters are supposed to, and they get scored on. Everybody gets scored on. Like nobody, everyone in the Grizzlies starting lineup had double figures. And then the bench plays defense even worse. So, like, I just. Yeah. It just, Dom, me and Dom were actually talking yesterday, and he was like, He's like, oh man, you want the Clippers to fail. So because I wanted the Clipper, I want the Clippers to play the Warriors so I can root for Steph. Like, oh man, this man's wishing on the Clippers downfall. I'm kind of over even wanting them to play the Lakers. I'm at that point. These dudes suck. I'm tired of like, what is this, man? I know they're 23 and 11 or whatever. They, they that's because they've won like four without their best players there. They're there, they don't do anything sometimes. Weird. Makes me mad. I don't know. Whatever. Shouldn't overreact to this. We'll talk about them later, I'm sure. Um, moving yeah. <laughs> moving on, man. Woo, TNT really got a couple of very interesting games. The first one, six. Well, that's because they know how to pick them, though. Um, the Sixers played the Mavs. 111-97 win for the Sixers. Um, 
Luca, 6 of 13, 19 points. Boban in the starting lineup, 3 for 11. 7 points, 12 rebounds in 17 minutes. He was a minus 7, but one of their best players out there. Um, James Johnson, plus 18 in 15 minutes. Strange. He only had three points. Um, but not much production really coming as the Sixers defense was just all over them. Um, even though Joel Embiid shot 5 of 20, he made 11 of 12 from the free throw line, 23 points, nine rebounds. Um, ben Simmons was just amazing on defense and offense, 15 points, seven assists, six for 11, but he was just locking Luka down. Curry, 15 points, six of nine from the field, three for three from deep. And they got a rare, great game for Dwight Howard off the bench, 14 points, eight rebounds, plus 14. Uh, Dom, what'd you see out of this one? It's amazing to me because, like, Joel Embiid is the MVP. I mean, at least he's a top three MVP candidate. And so far, he's been the most effective. And he's been the, you know, the steadying offensive presence of the team. But y'all really have the best player of all time right there if he ever wanted to be. If he ever chose to really become the greatest player the best player in NBA history. He's standing right there, not working on his jump shot. <laughs> Cause he really is <laughs> the best at everything else. Almost. He's like top three in like every other category. I say he's a top three passer. He's the best defender. He's one of the, he's like top three fastest. <laughs> then he's stronger than everybody else. He can grab rebounds and he like Ben Simmons really did not allow Luca to do anything out there. And like, we were just talking the other day. We were like, damn, Luca might be the goat. I'm like, Luca might be the goat. Cause this nigga right here. Don't want to be <laughs> 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 like, that's what it comes down to. Like Luca could not do anything. And he had, he did shoot six for 13. But when Ben was on him, he shot three for nine. And, you know, he was turning the ball over when Ben was on him. He did not allow him to go anywhere. I think this game came down to Ben Simmons more than anybody else. And it's just, it really is just crazy. Because if he, if he ever, bro, if he ever, <laughs> he really will be the best player in NBA history. It's really right there. <laughs> I had a similar takeaway as Dom. I think it came down to Ben Simmons and his defense against Luka Doncic because normally Luka has the advantage against either you're playing him with a big man because he's obviously taller than your guards and he can see over the defense and he's going to be normally quicker than big man. But if you put a little guard on him, he can, you know, use his size to, you know, get his jump shot off get a step back off, get his, you know, he can see the floor. But the Ben Simmons matchup is a little tough for Luka because he's not the quickest. He doesn't have the quickest feet. So a guy like Ben Simmons can beat him to the spot. He can contest all his jump shots, and he can have to force him to see with a hand in his face. And I think that's the biggest difference. And you've seen Ben Simmons has proven that he's probably the what makes him the best defender in the league is his versatility. Yeah. Because he can not only guard the post and big man, 
in a switch, he can help side. He can play help side defense. He has great on-ball defense. And obviously, we thought he would be better at this point offensively. But if he's going to defend like this, I think they have a real shot to go far in the playoffs. And even though Embiid was 5 for 20, if he's going to get to the free throw line and hit at a 91% clip, when he does get hot from the field, I don't know how you can stop him. And Philly's proven that if they can get consistent third scoring, whether it's going to be Tobias Harris, it wasn't Tobias Harris, but Seth Curry or someone off the bench like a Shake Milton, mm-hmm. Dwight Howard was great last night. So Philly has a lot of pieces that you look at and say, okay, they have something going. And Dallas is a team that's struggling right now. So I think Dallas without Porzingis, it's interesting to see if they do make a move for Porzingis. That was rumored earlier in the week, but I don't think that'll happen. But looking at Dallas, I think they do need to make a move somewhere, somehow to improve their team because I don't think they're a contender at, at this moment. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely – well, I have a lot of takeaways from this. First off, um, one of the things that was kind of happening recently with the bench, because the bench had struggled. Well, they were, like, one of the worst benches in the league. But Shake Melton was gone. Obviously, we dealt with, like, COVID at the end of the game of the season. And then Shake Melton was gone. He was kind of just getting back. He still didn't shoot great. It seems like he's more in rhythm now. Six assists this game, plus 17. Tied for the best, plus minus with Seth. Um, so, I just – I still would – I really did like what I saw with him and Maxi because the offense flowed better. But at this point, whatever, played – Eyeball and cork mouth, I guess. I don't care anymore. Um, <laughs> but they better fucking try to play D. I mean, eyeball does. It's just really is this cork mouth going to get abused or not? He didn't get abused, so fine. Um, but as far as yeah, it's really interesting because Embiid, yeah, he's probably MVP, and the reason is because even when he shoots bad, like even when he shoots awful, he has to shoot it, and he gets to the free throw line. They said a stat last year. They're like, he is on pace. Right now, including keep in mind he's missed games to shoot the seventh most free throws of all time. I was like, what? But he always is there. He literally gets ten a game, and so if he's just going and he's going to make his free throws. So if he's just going to get there, it just puts so much pressure on the defense. Like even last night, he had Boban, which is a tough matchup for him because he couldn't really do what he wanted to do, couldn't really get over him, couldn't get away from him. But he ended up still being effective enough. But Ben Simmons, yeah, it was ridiculous. I, I really wanted to see this game. We were, me and I were going to do something else, but I was like, nah, I got I to watch this game. I got to watch this game. Because I needed to see, like, Luca had all the craftiness, blah, 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 blah. But I wanted to see, I've seen Ben Simmons pretty much locked on everybody. But could he lock down him? He was just going through Boban screens and getting right there. And I was like, oh, Luca can't do anything, like, at all. Like, nothing. No floaters were nothing. He had no openings at all. Um, it was amazing. And then there was the one time where Ben missed two free throws, and then the next possession he was mad, and Willie Collison just had the ball, and it looked like it looked like some it looked like a, a tiger attacking a gazelle because Willie just had no idea Ben was just going to come from behind on the three point line and just take it from him. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's defensive player of the year right there, just is. And they they should both get both. They really should be defensive player of the year and MVP as it's looking right now. Um, the only I mean, they would have, you'd say, four or five more games. The only problem is, is can they both be healthy? That's always the issue. But, yeah, you're going to need, like like I said, to bias in the playoffs. Or you're going to need Shake to be able to go off. It's going to have to be one of those two things for this team to win. And, yeah, as for the Mavericks, I mean, they just don't 
have they really they really messed up their whole team with that Josh Richardson trade. They really did. They fucked up everything. Yeah. Because he can score. I mean, Seth was right there. Yep. If you're going to go over four, it's plus minus. Yep. If he goes over four from three and Seth goes three for three, well, that's the game right there. I have no chance to win. Yep. The highest plus minus and the lowest, the highest plus and the lowest minus right there. Damn. I just want to add one. I just want to add one more thing, though. I just want to add one more thing about, about like the Simmons thing. So, obviously, like in the playoffs, like we were laughing at Shelly. Y'all got swept by the Celtics, blah, blah, blah. But like Ben Simmons wasn't there. And like past the offense, obviously, missing Ben Simmons uh, uh, worsens the offense because he's a great finisher and he's a great distributor but like seeing the way that boston is right now ben simmons could have done something to stop either one of them he could have stopped tatum or he could have stopped Jalen. and y'all probably i mean i know it worked out in the long run because y'all finally got rid of that coach that y'all been trying to get rid of for the last five years but mm-hmm. you know if he was there then y'all maybe could have beaten the Celtics because as we're seeing, like, they really do just jack, and Ben would just not let Tatum just jack right over him. He's just too tall and too fast to, and too strong to let any of that happen. He Boban is strong as hell, and he really was just, like, moving him. Like, away. like yeah. so it will be interesting to see, like, in the playoffs this year, like, you know, as long as everybody stays healthy, which has always been the biggest issue with the team, and even the one time y'all were healthy and B got sick, but you know, just if if everybody stays healthy, it really will be interesting seeing that if if y'all match up, how Ben Simmons could handle Harden because Luca and Harden really do play extremely similar. Harden's for pretty Harden's just a better shooter for real. Like past that, they really do play the exact same way. Harden's a little quicker, but at this point, now now that he's, you know, gained his extra pounds, I don't know if he's quite as quick as he was, you know, last year. But it'll just be interesting seeing Ben try to guard him, whether it's him. I don't, I don't know if he'll guard Durant, just because Durant just shoots over everybody, and Ben is shorter, so if he's just going to shoot over him. I don't think he'd be able to drive, but it what whoever he matches up on, whether it's Harden or Durant, It'll just be interesting to see how how it plays out. So that's why, like, even though the Nets look like the best team in the league right now and the 76ers have been struggling, it's just like with Ben out there, y'all y'all really can't just take a nigga out the whole game. <laughs> yeah, that's the big thing. And he and James Harden normally did. he's just stronger than people. He's like both. He's like quicker and stronger, but if he really wants, he can just be stronger than you. And move you, but I don't think he can yeah. get. Away. I don't think he can do that to Ben Simmons. And I think the refs would respect Ben Simmons enough to where he wouldn't get a lot of ridiculous calls either. Yeah, like that's the thing at this point. Like even the one time where they they called a foul that wasn't a foul, he smacked the ball in Lucas' hands. He was like, no, no, no. He was like, nah, we need to review that right now. Normally you don't do that in the first half. They reviewed it. And then there's the the picture of him just pointing up to the to the replay because they got it right, and he definitely smacked. Shit out of the ball. It's crazy. Crazy. And here's and the thing with him too is like when he has like those moments, he don't be like bitching. He really has like a 
real calm, cool demeanor. It, it again, that's 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 part of his biggest. It's like his biggest flaw, but it's also his biggest strength at the same time. Cause like he not gonna turn up on the refs. He not gonna be like, "Yo, what the fuck are you doing?" Type shit. Like he was just like, "Yo, like I got all ball." He just walked up to him and pointed mm-hmm. to the review, like pointed to the camera, like, "Yo, just check it." <laughs> like I promise, I got all ball type shit. He, I mean, obviously he's he has his moments where he, you know, explodes. But for the most part, he generally has a really calm demeanor. So, yeah, and I definitely agree. We would have beat the Celtics, and I've seen him do enough to where I've seen him get like you know, again that net series, the infamous Jared Dudley series. So he was like, you know what? We're not losing to y'all. <laughs> like fuck all this other shit. We're just not gonna lose to y'all. So I've seen him do that as well. It'll just be, James Dom is so happy. Jared Dudley, really. <laughs> bro that jared dudley that that one game is probably my favorite game in nba history bro jared dudley really <laughs> came out there he hit one three and the entire world was out there clowning ben simmons then that nigga really came out there scored 30 30 and 30 and 30 on that nigga head and everybody still called jared dudley the ben simmons stopper because of one game it, it was honestly incredible he made himself a household name off of one game that. you got a book out of that exactly you a bum so you know what <laughs> <laughs> Jared, Jared Dully became the GOAT. <laughs> God. <laughs> because he hit one three. Infamous <laughs> <laughs> Jared Dully. <laughs> All right, moving on. This last one's a tough one to pick. But I'm going to go. We're going to go. To TNT's second game, the Bucks beat the Pelicans 129-125. This game was phenomenal. Um, normally, you know, I call Giannis yawn. Everyone knows that. But this game was just so fun. It was because that guy on the other end came to play. Zion Williamson, 15 for 26, 34 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. In the first half, he had 24. He really was doing everything, going through everyone he could. Um, Ingram, 11 for 25, 1 for 10 from 3. Plus five on the field, 23 points. Uh, Lonzo, seven for 14, 20 points, eight assists, six of 10 from three. Bledsoe, four for 10 from three, five of 13. Minus 20, though, but 16 points. Uh, they just, I mean, everyone really scored well. well Reddick went one for four, but whatever. Everyone really scored well, but the Bucks were just a little bit better. Giannis, 38 points, 10 rebounds. 14 for 27. Chris Middleton was going crazy in the second half. 21 second half points. 31 for him in the game. Six assists, seven rebounds for him. And Dante DiVincenzo had a good game, a really good one for him. Actually, he's been struggling this year. 9 of 16, 24 points, and a plus 14. Um, Darnell, what'd you see out of this one? Yeah, this one was, you know, it was simple. You know, Milwaukee's been figuring out how they want to play. They decided to bench Bryn Forbes, and they decided to go with Bobby Portis in the starting lineup. And I don't know what got into Chris Middleton, but in the second half, Chris Middleton just went unstoppable, and they had no answer for him. Like, they had no answer for Giannis all game, but Giannis has proven that he does that. And teams are going to force him to shoot. He, 
made two or five threes, which is great. He went eight of ten from the free throw line, got his ten boards. You know, Dante's out there being a facilitator. He got nine assists. And Milwaukee played Milwaukee basketball for once. I think for the Pelicans, this is really the more it's really, you know, demoralizing for a team to lose a game like this that they know they should have won probably because they really got all that you want out of the backcourt. Their backcourt struggled this year. They got Bledsoe put up 16, you know, he was a minus 20. Lonzo put up 20, he went six of 10 from three, four threes from Bledsoe, but they just can't get stops and they couldn't get enough stops to win the game. They only lost about four points, but, you know, it was a tough one to lose for the Pelicans, but great effort from Zion, great effort from pretty much everyone around the board. Yeah, Dom, what did you see out of this one? So <clears throat> we were watching the game, and they had said something. They said that, you know, Milwaukee's been on a four-game winning streak, and they were saying that throughout, like, the past – throughout the most recent games, they've been playing the Nassus a lot more. And I was saying, like, before, I was really saying, I was like, bro, they might as well just go ahead and play the dude. Like, they got the same last name. <laughs> he, he, and he kind of athletic enough to just be out there and not get murdered on defense. And he really, it, like, he was a minus nine in seven minutes out there. But you know what that means? That means he wasn't a minus 15 in seven minutes out there. And if, <laughs> and, and if the Nassus is out there, and I always said, I always said, I don't care which one. But you got to commit to one and only play one. So if you only going to play Forbes, Augustine was out for, like, personal reasons, but I don't care. Whichever one you commit to, if it's Forbes, fuck it, only play Forbes. Do not play both of them. <laughs> Never play both of them. And, you know, I just think the NAS is being out there instead of Augustine, you know, I just think that that contributed to their defense a lot more because either one of them just going to get cooked out there. So, at least just have one of them out there instead of, instead of both of them. So, I think that's what it came down to more than anything else. I mean – But New Orleans is learning. But New Orleans is learning, too, because they say, you know what? Willie Hernan Gomez, you in. Jackson Hayes, you are done for, for eternity. <laughs> they haven't learned enough because they refuse to play Alexander Walker even though he's had 40 for them this year. And they keep playing J.J. Redick for reasons that remain unclear. Probably to boost his trade value, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's fucking just D.J. Augustine and J.J. Redick don't need to play anymore. I'm sorry they don't. Um, the Nass is right there. Might as well just go right ahead. Bro, Alexander Walker's right there. The dude did have 40 on the – I know they don't play defense, but he had 40 on the Clippers. Like, on their heads. Just play the guy. Damn, not 40 on the Clippers. He did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Damn, I know everyone does it, but he did do it too. Um, Forty on the Clippers, bro. Come on, you don't remember that? <laughs> no, nah, I remember. I'm just like, come on, y'all. <laughs> well, I mean, it's both. Yeah, but they should play him if he has the capability to score forty, even though I'm guarding him. He still did I'm, it. I'm so bad at the Clippers, <laughs> man. What the fuck? <laughs> But I'll tell you what got into Middleton. Middleton realized that Lonzo Ball doesn't really play defense. Like, he, he's supposed to, and maybe he tries to, but he doesn't because he's been getting cooked all year. They have one of the worst defenses in the league, and Dante and Middleton went off. 
So like, who the fuck are Bledsoe and Lonzo guarding? <laughs> like, who are they guarding? Because they're not guarding Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez. And they're not that guarding man. them either. So they're <clears throat> out there getting cooked. And they that can man whole, That man whole career ended as soon as as soon as Terry Rosier scored a game winner over him and called him Drew Bledsoe. His career ended <laughs> as soon as that happened. <laughs> He's never recovered since. He really no, didn't. He really did, though. Oh man, yeah, Eric just—I, I mean, hey, man, he a, was like he was a minus twenty. At least yeah. Lonzo was a plus five. That's true. He was a minus twenty. These big facts. Nah, Eric, man, I was an Eric Bledsoe defender, but he garbage. They both don't guard <laughs> anyone. Eric probably worse right now. Eric, Eric is worse than Lonzo. I'm not gonna say man, I was like, bro, you—you was trying to tell me Drew he better than defense at Drew. I was like, I don't know about that. He really be getting cooked. He a, he a fake all defensive first team now. I think Gian, he just had Giannis right there. I st- but just I just watched the Pelicans score one twenty five too. What's Giannis doing to stop that? No, I'm talking I about Drew though. Drew, I, I think said Drew. Both of them. I really do think that it was both of them. I think both of them were just so <laughs> reckless. Eric would go for crazy steals, and Giannis would be back there, but he would also tire people out because he kept going for steals, and Giannis would be right there. Like, I'm telling you, this how it worked. I watched it. I watched them without Eric Bledsoe literally not be able to do what they're doing right now, which is play no defense, and <laughs> watch them with them. And they looked a lot better. They looked, they're like, oh, they're clamping people down right now. I don't know. I don't have to tell you. But, I mean, the, the Pelicans don't have rim, def- rim defenders either. So, Eric is always out of position, and he's too small yeah. to be out of position all the time. And Lonzo doesn't guard anyone either. So fucking, I don't know. You know, Brandon doesn't guard anyone. And Brandon can't just go one for 10 from three, man. You, what the hell? Can I feel – I'm annoyed for Zion right now, man. And they're, they're about to really put him in the same situation as that other dude on the other team. They started calling him Point Zion. No, no. Y'all are fucking it up. Give him a point guard who can shoot a mid-range jumper and play some defense. Honestly, bro. No, that sounds like Chris Paul, and you should have just got Chris Paul. Honestly, bro, but, the, the Bucks. And the Pelicans are the same team. Yeah, that's true. It's the bench and Ingram, not Middleton. Nope. He's not. At all. As, as much slack as Middleton, you know, got, you know, in- Ingram's not there. Middleton only got slack because flack, I think, is what you mean, not slack. Whatever, uh, whatever. (laughs) I I think Lonzo started hitting his threes and said, "Fuck defense." He was like, "He was like, I'm only, I'm only shoot." He was like, "I'm only doing this shit because I can't shoot." Now that I can shoot, fuck that shit. That should take a lot of effort. The whole problem is, is he really? If he went to the basket more, it'd be fine. But he he doesn't get to the free throw line ever because he's scared to be there. Free throws. Well, what the fuck? You can hit threes. You might as well see. Like, you might as well see if you fucking can. They kind of need you to. No one else is getting the calls. Ingram don't. Ingram don't drive. He's too skinny. So he gonna shoot. He gonna shoot jumpers. Zion just doesn't get foul calls. And Eric too reckless. Lonzo's the only one that would get a free throw. He would yeah. get if he did it, but he doesn't do it. <laughs> They kind really, of up everything, actually. They really don't get no free throws on this. How do they take 14 free throws as a team? Man? I'm just now seeing it, and I don't know. Well, because Zion never gets the calls. He's just too big. So they just 
Bro, there was a play late in the game where he literally got pushed to the ground, and they just sat there, and they were like, <laughs> I guess that's not a foul. I was like, damn. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Damn, yeah. Giannis even be getting the calls. <laughs> exactly. Giannis be going right there and missing them. Not today, but he normally be going right there and missing them. I Ingram doesn't drive, so he not going to get them. Eric isn't going to get him because he's too reckless. He's too wild. It's like almost like the, the Schroeder effect. He's so he's so crazy. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, we're not giving you that dumb shit. Lonzo's <laughs> the only one who could be smooth enough to do it and flop well enough to do it, but he's scared of the free throw line. When he really should just – that's the wing – that's the thing he needs. That's his only issue, not the shooting. But well, – you know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something we've always been saying. If he, if he could just become a better free throw shooter, it would it would change everything. Yeah, if he could not be 40%, yep. that would be fantastic. <laughs> but, but, I mean, that's just saying everything we already knew about the team from the start. Lonzo, ever since, ever since he entered the league, Lonzo has always been the key. And the problem. And it's always yeah, the problem. problem. If 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 he if he if man, he better go work out with his brother, man. <laughs> his brother right there. Yeah. Getting right to the foul line doing whatever he wants. He better him, play with him. Just send him to the Hornets already. Just make it happen, man. Bro, do Lonzo it. Lonzo for Terry. Lonzo for Terry right now. Lonzo for Terry, sign Leangelo, boom. Let's just make it a reality. Let's make it happen. Terry to the Pelicans would be fire, too. Because he could score. Yeah, it would. It would work out for both teams. That's the craziest part. It really will work out. But they won't. No, no way I'm giving up Terry for Lonzo if I'm Charlotte. Yeah, I'm I, not it. the way he's playing right now. I, I mean, if Terry's, if Terry's going to be hot and cold anyway, you know yeah. what? <laughs> Might as well say, huh? yeah, because if Terry just gonna go out there and score 36 one game and they get you six the next game, yeah, I mean, he does give you a lot of them 10 12 Johns, yeah. Let's not, let's Lonzo not, could do that. Yeah. <laughs> let's not act like Terry Rose here just be out here, like he can, he's capable of it, but he really capable of giving you a smooth three as de- well. He definitely did have three straight games with 30, and I was like, oh, shit. but then he definitely had three straight games with 10, and I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He 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 is he is he is that guy in Denver. Completely, the guy we'll talk about. I don't know. I don't know. Completely. I don't like how you just compare everyone to him, but that's fine. Because last night it wasn't his fault. But it wasn't his fault. <clears throat> Moving on. He had thirty four. The Wizards beat the Nuggets. He's way more consistent than Terry Rozier. But moving on. The Wizards beat the Nuggets for the second time, I believe, in the last two weeks, again by two points. Yeah. 112 to 110. They had Frank Campazzo <clears throat> shooting the last second shot. That wasn't going to go in and never was. I don't know why Jamal didn't get the shot, but whatever. Um, for the Wizards, hey, amen. Bradley Beal just doing what he does 33, a little, little below average, but that's okay. 33 points, 10 <laughs> for 19 from the field. Um, Rui Hachimura, 20 points because he was like, well, they're going to put Michael Porter Jr. on me. I mean, you know, I guess I got score. Yep. Russell Westbrook, six for 17, five turnovers, but a plus one. That's all he needed to be. 16 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, three steals. I don't even know. 
Um, Raul Neto, 15 off the bench, 5 of 10. And Robin Lopez, plus 13, best plus minus on the team, simply because he's not Mo Wagner. Um, for the Nuggets, <sighs> Jokic, 9 for 18, 24 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Another great game for him. Aubrey Jr. actually shot well from the field, 7 of 13, 18 points, but he passed his powers to Will Barton, who shot 1 of 7 from the field. And that at <laughs> Jamal Murray's 34 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds, 12 for 23. I mean, again, the really big problem is they looks need quite like Terry. I, I think he's better than Terry, but that's fine. Um, I'd call me when Terry is 50. I think the issue, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that's not 50 <laughs> okay it's not um the issue obviously with the nuggets is you know composite gotta go out there and shoot it eight times this dude was one for seven they really gave him the game winner anyway it's just that they need every single player to be there and they are missing two starters as much as as much as it's like out of my brain that paul Millsap actually plays for this team he's really important because it yeah. just means that Will Barton gets to be on the – or Michael Porter Jr. Actually, both of them, when they're healthy, are bench players. Or yeah. actually, I think Will – Because Gary – Gary starts. I think – well, this game, Morris starts. So I think Porter uh-huh. starts normally, and then Barton and Morris are on the bench, which actually works because they're both better ball handlers. And Porter can't be on the court without, you know, Jokic out there. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so – but he did fine today. It was really, it was really Will Barton. I think they probably put Will Barton on there with the bench to try to offset that, and the bench just couldn't get it done. Um, anyway, uh, Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Uh, Washington Wizards continue to be one of the hottest teams in basketball. I can't believe I just said that, but it's a true statement. After the way they started, they've figured out a way to get out of that hole, and Bradley Beal's playing at the level that warrants him an all-star starter spot and Russell Westbrook's consistently putting up triple doubles and it's it's just really about who else contributes and they got this night they got it up out of Rui he had 20 points on 9 of 16 shooting you know they got Nato with a 15 off the bench and Robin Lopez with 10 so that was just enough they they barely got the win but a win is a win and for Denver Denver needs everybody out there like they got great production out of Jamal Murray and Jokic doing what they normally do. You know, Michael Porter Jr. was solid, a plus zero, seven of 13 from the field with 18 points. But Will Barton out there, he was struggling. And I think if they had Gary Harris and Jermichael Green and Paul Millsap, then the scoring wouldn't necessarily have to be all on like a Will Barton or Sometimes it's Michael Porter Jr. to to be that third scorer. It can be, you know, a play-by-committee type approach. So I think Denver's going to struggle until they can get back healthy. And Washington right now is playing hot, and they got to try to keep it up, even without Bertans. Mm-hmm. Tom, what were your thoughts? You know what? I, I look at this game, and it makes me think about the Clippers, right? Because I'm like, okay. The Clippers just lost by 20 to Memphis. But they were the ones to snap, like, that big-ass streak that Utah had when they won, like, however many games in a row, like 13, 14, however many. And then Washington was just on, like, a five-game win streak, and they went here and beat these niggas by 20. So what I'm seeing about – so what this makes me think about the Clippers is that they just try hard against teams that are rolling 
and they just don't be caring if they if they think a team is struggling. They probably just went right into Memphis and was like, "Fuck these bum ass niggas," because like I, I feel like they only care about teams like that people think can beat them. As you saw with like the uh, in the playoffs when they played Denver and just overlooked them, and you know allowed Denver to you know just come back from a three one lead because they were looking towards the Lakers, but. Denver's just going to struggle at this point without, you know, <clears throat> without their starting lineup. They've been doing it for a while. The whole reason I picked Denver, though, was just because, like, Jokic did just have, like, not Jokic, but uh, either Murray or Jokic. I-, I believe they both had games where, like, Jokic just had 40 and then Jamal had 24 and then Jamal had 50 and then Jokic had, like, 24. So, yeah. like, that's the way that they're going to win games. They need those two to, you know – they need one of them to have 40 and the other one to have 20. 34 was just they see they didn't they didn't average that. They didn't uh they didn't combine for they didn't combine for 70 this game. So or they didn't combine for 60 this game. They combined for 58. No, it needs to be the full 60 at least in order for them to win games. So like because they're just not gonna get the production from everybody else that that much. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. has definitely been a lot better he came a long way from that zero point game he had in boston <laughs> but you know it, it's just it's just without paul Millsap out there providing you know his 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 post defense and then well his like he's just a good all-around defender so without paul Millsap and gary harris out there you know giving their defense and just alleviating minutes out of people a lot of people are just having to play roles that they don't normally play and again with Washington like I said before this team is just finding their groove they had that one slip up against you know the Clippers where you know the Clippers just tried extra hard but you know past that they've won their last six games albeit well they want they've won five of their last six games albeit against teams that have been injured but hey man when you're when you're the worst team in the league, a win's a win. So they've definitely been coming alive. I just feel like they said that Westbrook gathered everybody around and told them to, like, just explain, just say their role. He just had everybody just know what their role is. And just, like, I just think that that leadership, for all we say about Westbrook being stupid on the court, that, that never applies to him off the court. West, every all his teammates always love him. He seems like a great leader off the court. He seems like somebody you know that they like being around. It's just his on court decision on his just on court decisions can be questionable at times. But you know off the court, I really do think that he's having a good impact on the team. And Bradley Beal even said he's one of the best teammates he's ever had. So I just think that the camaraderie. Man, wall, every, right he said he said one of he said one of he ain't say the best. Right at you, John Wall. <laughs> he said Westbrook's one of the best teammates he ever had, though. So, you know, I mean, nah, they said John Wall and Bradley Bill. When John Wall got traded, they cried on the phone with each other. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's different. They said they called up each other and cried when yeah, they got that's traded. So, pretty, that's pretty that's wild. A, that's a little different. But, um, yeah, I just think that, you know, the team chemistry is just a lot better. Westbrook's becoming more and more healthy. And as like I said, as much as we gave him on the, uh, uh, for his on the court decisions, he's definitely one of the best off the court players, and and is seen and is shown by the way all his teammates, all his former and current teammates talk about him. So 
I think that's what it comes down to. My 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 only other thoughts on this, because you brought up the Clippers, they can keep playing around if they want to, but that's <laughs> what happened in the playoffs. Yep. Kept playing around. They keep playing around and not just taking it seriously. I mean, it seems like right now the Jazz are gonna kind of run away with it anyway, but they're gonna be right up against the Lakers in second in the second round or right up against the Warriors or the Nuggets in the first round. The only thing I kind of don't like right now is the playing game because I really just want the Nuggets and Warriors to be in the playoffs, not to play a playing game. Because if one of them misses off this playing game, I'm going to be mad. Especially, I don't even need to see the Celtics over the Hornets right now. Like, if the, Horn- the Hornets can be in, that's fine. I don't give a fuck about the Celtics trying to win a playing game. Yeah, fuck them. So, <laughs> my be interesting Bro, game. you know the NBA. They're going to do whatever the fuck it takes. Oh, they're getting 35 foul calls in the game. And then they're going <laughs> to play us. And we'll just see who can flop better. Because you know Embiid going right to the ground. Actually, the Nets right there. And that's probably going to get the one seed. They just care too much right now. They're really on that shit. Yeah. They want that yeah. shit so bad. we just trying to stave them off the damn. I ate straight. <laughs> Anywho, um, <laughs> Darnell, what's your game of the night, player of the night, coach of the night? Dickhead of the day. So my game of the night goes to I'm going to go Washington Denver, and my coach of the night I got to go with I'm gonna go with Doc Rivers for just the decision of putting Ben Simmons on Luka Doncic and. You know, putting him in such a great position to succeed on the defensive end. So I'm going to go with Doc Rivers for my – did I say player tonight? No. No. So my player tonight, I'm going to go with Giannis. Giannis with his 38 and his – how many assists? He had 10 rebounds, four assists. So 38, 10, and four. I'm going to go with Giannis. And for my dickhead of the day, man, it's got to go to the Clippers. Like, it's got to go to the Clippers. Like, I know they 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 want to be this contending team, but they only get up for the teams that are contenders. They sleepwalk against the rest of the NBA. It seems like, unless it's the Cavs, who they just decide to beat by forty. But they just think they have this switch that they can hit when it's the playoffs that approaches, and it's just not going to. And it's going to be interesting to see if they try to go to that same approach again where they just kind of dog it throughout the play throughout the regular season. And once the playoffs, they try to turn it up a notch. But I just got to give it to the Clippers because if they reach for that switch and it's not there, I just want to be early on it. And I'm just going to call them out now. And that's my dickhead of the day. I ain't going to lie. You said Doc Rivers. I forgot for a second. I really did. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot he was off Philly because I was I absolutely. Like, I'm a Philly fan. I was like, oh, didn't the Clippers just? I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I straight forgot Doc Rivers was off Philly. I was like, hold the fuck up. Now, let's sit here, Darnell. <laughs> I, like, I think you this gave a motivational thirty point loss. <laughs> I think you gave Doc Rivers the wrong award here, buddy. <laughs> nah, but okay. So, um, game of the night, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Washington and Denver, 
just because it do, it did come down to a last second shot, and I don't know why the fuck the niggas decided to all bro. It was a two point game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all the niggas had to do was drive to the lane. I know I don't like driving, but like, bro, Michael Porter Jr. is six ten, bro, and Compazzo, you in the NBA? I'm not even as mad as Compazzo as Michael Porter Jr., bro. All you got to do is run to the paint. You right there. Jamal was waiting. Jamal was just waiting for somebody to run into the paint. That's all he wanted so that he could pass him the ball because he knew that if he stopped, they were going to trap him. But Michael Porter mm-hmm. Jr. just stood right outside with him. And he's the reason. I'm going to blame him for why they, why they didn't at least go to overtime. I won't say lost the game. Why they didn't at least go to overtime. So – I would say um, I would say Washington Denver is my game of the day. Um, player of the day, I'm gonna have to go with Ben Simmons just because he made Luca useless after I just saw Luca completely obliterate the Boston Celtics. <laughs> so even though they suck, they do suck, but he did do some crazy shit to beat them niggas. So I, you know, that's crazy. Uh, coach of the day, I'm gonna go with Russell Westbrook. For being for his off-court coaching, for for building the team chemistry and bringing the camaraderie together, uh, because I really do think that's why. I really do think that's why. <laughs> that's why they've been on this winning streak. And dickhead of the day, see right. If it was last year, you know it could it really could have easily been Michael Porter Jr. and and Frank Campazzo, just because that was really some stupid ass shit. They were all they had to do was go to the basket. It was right there. It was a two point game. Y'all didn't need to shoot a three, but but the only the main reason it's the Clippers, bro, is because y'all slept on this team, and y'all did the same shit last year. And I thought they would have learned their lesson, bro. I just yep. thought they would have learned their lesson, like. That's the reason y'all have been clowned ever since. That shit made Paul George a household name right there. And for the wrong reasons. Now he got Bruce Brown calling him a pussy. Because of that. Because of that one series. He got Bruce Brown calling him a pussy, bro. You can't and, have Bruce Brown. And, and, that's, like and, that's just, and that's just not acceptable. It, Paul George was an MVP candidate like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And not only MVP candidate, but all defensive um, defensive player of the year candidate as well. He was top three in both two years ago. And then now he's getting called a pussy by a bench player. <laughs> like that, that, hey man, they, again, they just went through this in the playoffs. They overlooked a team that they were up three, one on that, they should have been better than they should have beaten. And now they're doing, they're making the same mistakes. So as much as they want to talk about, yeah, we're better now. No, y'all not. Because if y'all just going to do this shit in the regular season, you know what the fuck y'all going to do? Y'all going to do the same shit. Y'all not LeBron. LeBron really do have an on-off switch. They not even Rondo. Rondo really does have an on-off switch for the playoffs. They're not them, but they think they're them. And if if they if they keep having the same mentality, because again they just beat the Jazz, who have been on like a like a fifteen who were on like a fifteen sixteen game winning streak, they just beat them. They just beat the 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 
the Wizards by 20, who have won five of their last six. So it's like they're obviously one of the best teams in the league, but they just don't care. It's just like, bro, y'all just going to do the same dumb shit. And then we just going to laugh at y'all again. And, you know, Kawhi all quiet. He not out there, you know, talking all his shit. So ain't nobody going to talk about him. But they going to go right at them, too. They going to go straight at Pat Bev. And they going to go straight at Paul George. Unless Paul George want to want to change his outlook. Because he went from being... He went from being potentially like an all-time great to being a laughing stock, bro. He still might make the Hall of Fame, but every day, every day, that shit is dwindling. <laughs> he just made the All-Star game. What the f- Okay. <laughs> How's it dwindling? I'm just saying he did just make the All-Star game. Okay. That's not- did he not? He did make the All-Star game. I'm just saying. He gotta keep. He gotta take this shit seriously, man. He got. He got to start taking the season seriously, a man. Time All Star, a five time member of the All NBA team, four time All Defensive. I just team. said he'll probably make the Hall of Fame. I really did just say that too, though. Well, you said it's dwindling. I'm like, I can't dwindle. I do you think it's dwindling? dwindling. If they, lo- hey man, if they lose in the first or the second round this year, they probably will. That's what I'm saying, but. If they're going to keep making these same mistakes, then it's just going to happen in the playoffs because they don't have that on-off switch that they think they have. They I haven't Paul- done anything. Kawhi, ha- Kawhi is the one that can that can do it because he has he's the one that's won. All them other niggas haven't won, and they're the niggas that think they have the on-off switch. Yep. Paul George in four years is going to be on the bench and win a championship. Book it. But it ain't happening here. Not with these not second best player. But yeah, that's I don't think he can be the second best player on a championship team. Nope. And that's just that's that's okay. I, hey man, it is what it is. Last year was his chance to prove it. Last year was he the chance. He proved it. He proved what we knew. That he's not. Yep. <laughs> anyway. My game of the night, I'm going to go with Bucks pelicans The game was really just crazy. I was just watching. It was, it was really like, damn. Like, Zion was just doing things. I was like, man, if he just had a team that could play any freaking defense. And then late in the game, Chris Middleton went crazy. So, it was really – it was a fun one to watch. Um, my coach of the day, I'm going with Taylor Jenkins for taking advantage of, you know – the Clippers not doing anything. I mean, you know what, man? The Clippers, yeah, they, they stink and they don't care, but you, they still beat them by 30. And the Grizzlies really are 14 and 14 for no reason. So, damn it, I'm going to give him some credit. My player of the day, um, going with Ben Simmons, he just really locked Luka down, just just took him right away. And so he was just making the best plays I saw all day. So I'm just going to give it to him. My dickhead of the day, man, I'm going with the media. We're calling Paul George an MVP two weeks into the season because y'all were goofy for that. <laughs> y'all shouldn't have done that. And y'all set this whole thing up. They really called that man after he lost by 50 to the Mavericks. Bro, we saw this coming. I saw this coming. I saw the possibility. They look the fucking same. They look the same except that Ibaka and Batum were better. But now they're getting tired of carrying the whole load. They're too old for that. So now they yeah. look the same. And now they look the same. Paul George went out there, three for 12, 13 points, and I bet I will never hear him be called an MVP for the rest of the season. But it should have never happened. It should you know happened. what? 
and they, they, sw- they switched it. They switched it. <laughs> they they try to see the downfall of Philly now. <laughs> yeah, because they because they went right over. You know what, Paul George not doing it, but who else can who else can we make feel real confident about himself? You know what? There's that guy in Philly not getting enough exposure. Tobias Harris is an MVP candidate. <laughs> he should be an All Star. Oh wait, no, he just had six. Sorry, maybe maybe not. <laughs> how do you feel how do you feel about having the best season so far (laughs) yeah that was a terrible question like that's one you had to watch back and just say oh man what was i thinking (laughs) they they, they really try to build tobias up (laughs) i tried to tell about cassidy hubbard he was I don't know if I want to go here. No. I'll say it, bro. She bad as shit. He was like, she's a charge. I was like, but bro, she's annoying. He's like, I don't care. And then he and then he watched what unfolded. And I was like, bro, this is what I'm talking about. Because ESPN does not employ good people. They employ three. Nah, she's people. stupid. She's dumb. I won't, I won't say she's dumb, but she she has she she has some dumbass questions. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't straight call her stupid, but I'll say the, the questions that he was asking was stupid. You know what she does? Here's what she does. Too much. That's what she does. All she, she just, do, bro. Bro, all she had to do is be like, how does it feel to be an all-star this year? You could have even said that. Yeah. No, you could have even assumed he was going to be an all-star, even though he wasn't, and he shouldn't have been, <laughs> which has been proven now. Because everyone who should have been an all-star got mad about it and put up 30. Tobias really went out there and put up six. But you know fucking what? You could have asked that question. Not with not with both Embiid and Simmons right there. And Embiid two days before scoring 50. It was bad. Like, bro, all she had to do was ask some regular shit. And to make the whole thing worse, Stephen they really set up the whole scene. I was excited yeah. for the game. But it wasn't because of the games. Like, damn, Steve really carried us through the whole pregame. There being yeah. no one else on this network, but he damn did. And Kendrick <laughs> Michael Wilbon just sat it. there and laughed. Yeah, Wilbon just did nothing, which is what he was supposed to do. And Kendrick Perkins tried to ruin it, but he couldn't. He couldn't All she had to do was nothing, man. All she had to do was not. Ruin. <laughs> what is she? Doing? What everyone on ESPN does to my man Stephen A. and they ruin it. Everyone but Mike Breen and that crew ruins it. Also, I will give Darnell some credit here. He called out Hubie Brown. Hubie Brown is really good. Now that I know more basketball, he's pretty good. Everyone else in that network sucks. Yes. <laughs> Everyone else is terrible, all right? They're all shitty. I don't know how this became about ESPN, but we're here now. Why did they say Tobias Harris was MVP? And I was watching, and they also were the ones who said Paul George was an MVP. I remember. It was Doris Burke. And I like Doris Burke. But she was really like – Paul George MVP, and then they, and then Jeff Van Gunny said it on the next game, and I was like, bro, it's two weeks into the year, and it's Paul George, and he just lost by fifty. He just <laughs> lost by 50, 50 points, bro. He's not the MVP. What are y'all doing right now? Don't feel bad for him to try to grant him a, a, a sympathy MVP in two weeks. In. <laughs> what are we doing? I'm telling you, bro. Really and then last that man in the All Star game. Bro, and, and they doubling down on this Tobias Harris shit because we really were sitting there last night and they were still talking, about, you know, Tobias have Tobias Harris is having a phenomenal season. <laughs> I was like, bro, 
Bro, please. <laughs> Yo, we get it. He's playing good. He's averaging 20. Like, relax. He's averaging 20 with two others, with the MVP and the defensive player of the year right there. Right he there. Really has, he has the best. He has the best player of all time sitting right there in his footsteps. Another dude who gets the seven most free, the seventh most free throws of all time. He lives the line. <laughs> like, like I hope he can be good. I hope you can be good there <laughs> in that scenario. And he finally got good there. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, fucking what? Anyway, man. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. And so for Darnell and Dom, this was Demetrius. And um, have a good one. Later. Triple D's deuces, y'all. <laughs>